Will Stringer, uh, co-founder and CEO of Chisos. This. This is, this is Diversified, Diversified game. 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 A podcast giving entrepreneurial advice from a diverse and inclusive perspective with Kelly. He may agree, he may oppose, and it's more than just race, it's about, you know, ideas. So, let the game begin. Hey, it's Kellen, and today I have Will Stringer, the founder of Chisos, aka Chisos Capital, you will see um, on, on the line. And he's all the way from California, by the way, of Texas. So, you know, he's not all the way crazy, but he's in California right now. So he's kind of like, why, you know, Puerto Gay, why Cali? But Will, welcome to the show. How are you doing today? I'm good. I'm good. Thanks for having me. Well, I, yeah, I got to have you because you're the type of guy that, you know, people always ask me, I want to have the greatest idea since sliced bread and taken from George Carlin joke. You know, it's not really that interesting. Sliced bread is a piece of bread and you slice it. Um, you may not remember that joke, William, looking at your hairline. Um, you, you might not, you know, know who George Carlin is. But, um, you know, tell us. What is your company doing? Because, I mean, people want money for their great ideas and they don't have it. So how are you connecting the dots? Yeah, that's uh, that's exactly what we're doing. So Chisos is an investment platform uh, providing capital to early stage entrepreneurs. And when I say early stage, it's pre-traction. It's, uh, you know, idea stage really before angels or VCs will invest. So we're, we're providing capital 15 to $50,000 really to either be the friends and family round or augment a friends and family round and help that entrepreneur uh, get their idea off the ground, get it to an MVP or a prototype and start making revenue, start gaining some traction, uh, really just get them going. All right. And I know that, you know, um, in the release you know, diversity and inclusion is not just something that, you know, you're saying you're really focusing on that. So talk about that because there's, you know, certain populations that are like, well, I mean, we have great ideas, but nobody is funding us. So how are you like bridging that gap? Yeah, a, a couple different ways. So last year, a lot of stats came out, uh, Kaufman Foundation, uh, some other uh, research foundations put out stats that were pretty abysmal saying, you know, who gets funding to start their company? You know, uh, women, I think women founders got less than 20% of all VC capital. Uh, you know, certain minority groups got less than, you know, 2% of VC capital, uh, just absolutely abysmal. So what, what we've done is two things, created a structure that really allows us to invest uh, in anybody without a, warm introduction or, or without kind of needing that, that network. So we have an open online application where anybody can go apply. Uh, they'll fill out some information. We'll get that information. And we have some automated systems on the front end to uh, really do some underwriting on our kind of three core underwriting criteria. But really we think that the uh, structure of our investment, our convertible income share agreement is what allows us to invest in anybody, even if their idea is, is only kind of call it half-baked uh, at, the, at the point in time. And we can get into the convertible income share agreement, but 
really it's made up of two pieces. One is an income share agreement with the founder and the other piece is a safe in their business. So it's kind of this debt equity hybrid instrument allows us to invest at the earliest riskiest stage and really allows us to underwrite uh, the person uh, and, and not just their idea and their kind of uh, ability to network into a, an angel or VC to have their own idea underwritten. And, and, you know, how are you doing that? Like, how are you doing that? And others, you know, they haven't, you know, all the think tanks and, you know, the Harvard MBA and, you know, PhD, like the light bulb went off you and you're making it work while others struggle with that so hard. Like, what did you find that others didn't find? I think it was the income share agreement, honestly. So the income share agreement is a it's not new. Uh, it's the idea of it has kind of been around for a while, but it's really been implemented in the education space uh, at scale for about five years now. So boot camps like Lambda School or uh, you know some of the others, traditional universities starting to use income share agreements. And the key for us was that that income share agreement, it's not a credit instrument. It is a contract, a financial contract, but it does require some repayment, but it's it's much more flexible than debt. So really the, the gist of it is when you make income, you make repayments. If you're making less than, in our case, $40,000, you make zero repayments. And so that flexibility is what's so crucial to initially students, but now to entrepreneurs. When an entrepreneur is looking for uh, capital to get their business off the ground, they can go to a bank but a lot of times banks are, you know, super risk averse. They're going to say, no, no way. Uh, it's too early, too risky. They can go use their personal credit card, uh, which a lot of entrepreneurs do. Those rates on credit cards are, are pretty high and you have payments that you have to make no matter what your income is. Same with a home equity loan or other types of credit products. And so we think our kind of key insight here was taking that income share agreement, that flexible instrument, combining it with the equity component that gives us you know, exposure to the upside should that business succeed and really making that uh, investment terms that uh, allow us to get capital into the hands of those early stage entrepreneurs. Wow. Okay. And that income agreement for those who say, wait, what is it, you know, the shared agreement, does that mean if a, you know, company startup comes to you, says we have this great idea, we need your money. Um, when, you know, they get, $10 million, um, let's just for example, that you will share that and at what percentage, if I even got that correct. Yeah. So there are, a f I'll make a distinction between what we do with the income share agreement and what uh, a few other alternative capital providers do with revenue-based financing. So there's a proliferation of revenue-based financing companies that say, all right, your company's making you know X amount of revenue we'll advance you or we'll make an investment in your company. And then through your company's revenue, you pay us a percentage, you know, up to a certain cap or, you know, indefinitely, whatever the terms are. There's a ton of those guys out there. And uh, that's a great option for companies that have revenue uh, over a certain threshold of revenue. But at that earliest stage, when there is no revenue, those don't work. And so what we're doing is saying, hey, founder, uh, you as an individual, we're going to take your income, your personal income, uh, W2, K1, 1099, and use that as the basis for 
that uh, revenue stream. And so as you make income personally, either you pay yourself through your startup or you do consulting on the side or you know other means of making income, that's the basis by which we will uh, require repayments. And our repayment percentage starts at 10%. So you know if you're making $50,000 a year, you're paying us $5,000 a year in repayment. And again, if you're making less than $40,000 a year, which a lot of entrepreneurs do in the beginning, you're paying us zero for that period of time. So that, that's kind of the difference there. Okay. So as long as they don't go over that mark, they're paying zero. Um, you know what? And, and, and you might be going for sainthood, but I love to do good as well as make money. But do you ever find a difference where you'll have an entrepreneur and, you know, they're so humble in the beginning and then they get to that point and it's like, hold on, Will, who? This was my great idea where they're like, you really want me to share that much? Does, have you seen yet greed come into play with folks once they, you know, feel like they've made it? And I'm doing air quotes for those of you who are listening. Uh, we haven't yet. Um, you know, we're still pretty early and we've made 11 investments to date. So still a pretty small portfolio. And so we're pretty close with all of our founders. We meet with them on a you know monthly or bi-monthly basis. We're helping them build their business. We're really trying to provide as much value as we can. And so we think if we continue to provide that value, you know, even after, you know, we, we haven't had any business failures yet, you know, knock on wood, but should a business fail, uh, you know, we want to continue to provide that value by keeping that entrepreneur kind of in our network. Maybe they want to go start another company. We can help them out with introductions, but that that's kind of our, one of our, uh, strategies is really just continually provide that community and value to the entrepreneurs so that they continue to perform on their, on their contract. Um, so we, we haven't seen anything like that yet. Okay. And, and I'm glad to hear that. It, it's, you know, some, I mean, money, you know, can change a whole bunch of situations and even people's, you know, I, idea of, you know, who they are. I mean, they start thinking, Hey, I'm, I'm, you know, Warren Buffett or something. And who can tell me? Everything I do touches the goal. So now I want people to be excited about everything that you're saying, but I also want them to be prepared before they contact you. So before an entrepreneur contacts your company, what should they have already before, you know, as far as, you know, whether it's a business plan, a pitch deck, but, you know, I, I get a 90 page pitch decks that I've never gone through. I'm like, if you don't make that 20 slides, um, no one's going to read this, ex you know, unless you're paying them. So like, what do they need before, you know, sending that first email? Yeah, I think we like to see that some work has been done up front and that work doesn't need to cost anything. Um, you know, doing the, your research, on your market, on your idea, make sure that you understand your customer. We'd love to see uh, a founder having gone out and talked to their customers and gotten feedback and tried to validate their idea with outside sources. You don't need revenue uh, for us to make an investment, but we want to see that you've done some legwork, done some hustle to start to validate your idea. Start putting some information on a page, whether that's a business plan or a deck. Uh, just start to put that information down so that we can get, we can read through it and you can deliver it to us succinctly. 
And there's a ton of great resources online, uh, you know, that are growing exponentially to help you either formulate a pitch deck, formulate a business plan, try to understand what, you know, angels and VCs look for in, in an opportunity. And again, our diligence is a bit more high level. Um, and we can invest, you know, quite a bit earlier than traditional angels and VCs, but put in that work. Like it doesn't cost money to go do a bunch of research and go out and talk to people, pick up a phone, send some emails, uh, start to validate your idea so that you can come with a compelling argument of, Hey, I have this great idea. I've solved this great insight and I validated it with a number of people that have the same problem. Now I just need some money to whatever, make a website, get the product, uh, prototype ready. We can help with that part of it. But that, yeah, that we'd like to see people come with with some upfront legwork done. Okay, great. Not something just written on a napkin saying, hey, I, I look at it, you know. Um, what type of businesses excite you and you guys have a focus? Because, you know, some um, firms will only deal with tech. I'm, I'm part of one that in Florida, Florida funders. They only want to, you know, local Florida companies that deal with tech. Um, are there any limitations and even, you know, will you deal with things outside of the country? Because I have an audience that, you know, they, oh, I don't want all my um, folks in Africa, in Ghana and South Africa and beyond, Cameroon, Kenya, all those places. If I don't say their names, they might get jealous. So I might have to go through all 54. But, you know, are there any limitations as far as, you know, what, what their focus is? Are there geographic? Yeah, so today it's U.S. only, uh, unfortunately. So because this income share agreement uh, is a financial contract, we're starting in the U.S. We understand, you know, U.S. legal systems and, and how everything works. We're starting to talk with uh, people in a few other geographic locations to see how could we roll this out in other countries. That's very early stages. So today it's U.S. only, uh, and that's U.S. companies and and U.S. citizen and permanent resident founders. Uh, in terms of the types of companies, really two main criteria, which are a little bit vague, but scalable and capital efficient. So that does lend itself to technology enabled companies, just because typically those can be scalable and capital efficient. But if we look at companies that have excited us, uh, you know, e-commerce companies or food and beverage companies, Obviously, we have a lot of you know software and, and app companies, um, but media companies, gaming companies, um, really anything that can do a lot with a little bit of capital to get started, at least. So we're we're staying away from you know pharmaceutical companies or metals and mining companies, or you know anything that can't scale. So if someone's looking to open up you know a single restaurant or a single bar, you know that that's not for us. Um, so yeah, that that kind of gives. A little bit of framework around it, but in terms of type industry, uh, you know, for now we're, we're industry agnostic. Okay. Well, I love to hear that. And, you know, with geography, like I've had people say, Hey, Kellen, will you be part of our company? Cause we think we could raise more with an American partner. And those are, you know, conversations, you know, it, it, we have and like, well, I mean, this could make sense cause it, it's a, a tech play, especially in healthcare and healthcare, you know, I want to be part of things in healthcare, wherever they are. I don't care where you are. Tech and healthcare, I am there. Yes, please. But, you know, you have to sort out the deals. But what do you find 
you know, well, let me rephrase that. It's one thing to give people capital, but what about the, um, you know, the mentorship and helping them put their system and teams together? Because capital, I always like to say money is the, the easy part, but it's really finding the right people to implement the work and create a system. That's the difference between Amazon and, you know, Wish. You know, you're going to get your stuff on Amazon Prime in two days at most. Wish. Hey, look, a, a month, a month has passed. Now it's free. So, you know, give, give us like your, how do you get the, the mind and their company systems together? Yeah, that's, that's a big component of uh, what we're trying to bring as, as that value add. Cause like you said, you know, people can find capital uh, a lot of times, not always there. There's, don't get me wrong. It's definitely hard to find capital in, in a lot of situations. But what we're trying to do is bring a community aspect and a resources aspect to help our founders because they're so early. We, we realize that a lot of them are going to need some help or a lot of help uh, to be successful. And so it's in our best interest to help them as much as we can to pull our resources together and provide them with a, a database of resources to help them fill the gaps or help them succeed. And so a couple examples you know, we're, we're building a database of mentors, advisors, investors, and service providers so that we can offer that to our portfolio of founders. They can look through it and say, hey, this mentor has e-commerce expertise. Uh, you know, can I get an intro there? Or even just reach out directly to them. And then they can make that uh, connection. And hopefully that mentor adds some value. Same with investors. Uh, they can search through the database and say, hey, this investor likes gaming and media companies, uh, let me reach out directly to them. And because they're kind of coming through the Chiso's channels, uh, you know, we hope and what we're trying to make sure happens is, you know, they'll have, they'll get to have that conversation. So that, in addition to kind of meeting with the companies on a, a monthly or bi-monthly basis, understanding their problems, understanding, you know, what their biggest hurdles are and really trying to be an extension of their team that's uh, that's kind of the value add and community that we're trying to bring. I love that. Now, how did you get involved in this? Because you're a young guy and, you know, VC is an old man's game because, you know, everybody, you know, um, when you're 67 years old, you've been around the block or you even paved the block. So how did you, you know, get in the game, get the connections to, um, you know, not just benefit your company, but, you know, so many others? Yeah. So a bit of my background, uh, you know, graduated UT Austin with a finance degree, went out and worked in banking in Houston and then worked uh, after banking in a single family office. So I was on the investment team there, got to work on a ton of different deals, really build my network there at the family office to, to a decent size. Um, in the back half of my time at the family office, really started gravitating towards technology, venture capital, and early stage deals. And so I got to spend two years really meeting a lot of people in the space and just being interested in the space. So connecting with you know other founders or other investors, uh, you know, got deep into Twitter realm and, and started following everybody there that, you know, talks about deals and talks about early stage investing. And then uh, moved out to California, you know, two years ago, uh, so that I could be physically kind of in the realm of where a lot of the early stage action was. 
um, you know, I'm not in the Bay Area, I'm down in LA, but LA's got a, a pretty vibrant startup community as well. And so started meeting people around here. So it was really just one, I had, you know, the, the uh, fortunate opportunity to work at that family office and be able to meet a lot of people, a lot of investors, a lot of founders, a lot of, you know, uh, business professionals. Um, but then moving to LA, started meeting, you know, even more people in the startup VC community and just having a bunch of Zoom calls, having coffee meetings, you know, DMing and talking to people on Twitter. And uh, yeah, that that's kind of how I started building my network uh, in the space. And, and for that person who may be, you know, going to college or in college about to finish, um, I've, I've had a few different people, um, you know, and, and they, they're from everywhere and they look like the, the whole world, you know, it doesn't, it doesn't matter. Even um, the last guy I had, he was from um, Toronto, by the way, of Ghana, and he was talking about being at a family office. And my audience says, Kellen, the family office sounds like a syndicate. Well, I said, I, I, all I'll say is, if someone tells you they're in a family office, it's not it's I, I like that more than when people say, you know, I'm an uh, investor and a philanthropist because anybody can say that. But not everybody can say, you know, they work in a family office. What do you think that key thing or that key person was that allowed you to what I say, jumpstart your connection base to get in a family office? Because, I mean, majority of people aren't going to be able to work in one. Yeah, it was super lucky. Uh, I, I won't lie, you know, and, and everybody I talked to, you know, that was kind of at the junior level, like me in family offices, it was kind of a similar situation where they, you know, were kind of looking for jobs. And then this opportunity for a junior investment role at a family office uh, came up through somebody that they knew. So in my specific case, someone I knew uh, who I worked with at the bank, they said, Hey, I know, you know, a person who works at this family office and sounds like they're trying to hire a, a junior investment professional. Are you interested? Super lucky. You know, <laughs> if it had been, you know, a month or two, either way, that opportunity might not have been there. So, you know, that was my story. You know, there's very similar stories of, of people that I talked to that got opportunities to join family offices that same way. Some family offices, you know, are, are a bit, bigger on their investment team. And so they actually put out, you know, job opportunities, but yeah, it's, it's, it's an interesting world, the family office, because every family office is different. Some are super under the radar. Some put themselves out there and operate, you know, just like a, you know, uh, either hedge fund or, or private equity firm would. So it, it really just depends. I'd say, you know, if you're trying to work your way into the family office world, uh, start connecting with people on LinkedIn and Twitter and just start trying to have a bunch of conversations so that your name is kind of circulating in that realm and people know that you're interested. And then those opportunities, you know, hopefully will, will come your way because people know you're interested. Okay. Cause you can buy a lot of things in the world. Uh, you can, you know, buy your way into, you know, certain universities we found, you know, you can get in trouble for that as well, but you can't really buy your way. I haven't heard anyone say I bought my way into the family office. Not that they would admit it will, but that, you know, even behind the scenes, it's like, this is probably going to be the hardest job interview you do because everybody, you know, 
wants to join because they know it's like working at you know Google or something and it's hey day or even now I'm if I work at Amazon it can put Amazon Microsoft and Facebook I mean living in Seattle for a time people just wanted those three so they could then go branch on their own and say how they built up you know this these billion dollar companies you get it um because you you see it and you're like you're the janitor all right, you know, <laughs> you were the janitor at those places. You didn't really like have anything to do with the new software, but but they no, the I, logo. They got the yeah. logo on their pitch deck, <laughs> and, and it's the same way. Me, I'm a PR guy. I'm a consultant. The same way, I cringe when I see everybody say, you know, as seen on CBS, on NBC, on Fox, and I know how some of them did it and they i call it cheating because anybody could do it and it doesn't mean anything if i can't google your name and you pop up or if you were never you know you're on a whole bunch of backlinks and that's the part of pr that i really hate to say this is why i'm creating in my mind and on a little bit of piece of paper like let's just automate all the pr it's not rocket science there's a science to it you know but let's just automate it let the robots do what they do because they're already writing term papers and books and all that other stuff just let them go um but you know i love that so you know this is a fresh idea do you see yourself doing this for the next 20 years or do you see yourself saying you know what I'm going to sit back or kind of, um, you know, just build this thing out. Possibly, you know, someone could buy me out. I don't know why you would sell such a great idea like this, but yeah, give me, give me the, the game and the prediction. Yeah. So here, here's the plan. And, and the reason I'm doing it is I, I love the early stage space because it's exciting. You've got people with ideas that will them into the universe just because of what they do. And I, I love that. And, and that's kind of what, is going to shape the world going forward at an even faster pace is technology is entrepreneurs coming up with new ideas to solve the problems that are out there. So I'll be doing that probably for the rest of my career, just because it's so exciting. And the opportunity set today is I think even bigger than it was 10 years ago, new technologies create new opportunities. There's plenty of problems in the world to solve so that's, you know, hopefully you can hear the uh, passion in my voice there, but that that's exciting. In terms of Chisos and the convertible ISA, today we're raising our own funds and de- deploying our own capital. But we realize that, that that's going to put us in a bottleneck situation because this idea should be available globally, everywhere in the world. There are entrepreneurs that can't get access to capital because they don't have you know, a wealthy family or good connections that can write that friends and family check or even that angel check. And so our hope, our goal is to really create a platform uh, out of this idea and say, all right, let's start opening up new geographies, figure out legally in other geographies, how we can offer the convertible ISA, put, you know, a team lead in that geography that can start uh, sourcing those opportunities and start deploying that capital and really start spreading out that way uh, so that we take ourselves out of the bottleneck. Even longer term than that, we hope to really start to look at a marketplace uh, opportunity. And this is kind of getting really into the uh, grand vision, but we think there's a bit to do in the crypto space uh, where you've got entrepreneurs that submit their idea, submit kind of their 
uh, own credentials, really, uh, the same things that we look for when we're underwriting. And then we have investors that come in and say, hey, this founder looks like a good bet. I like their idea. Let me provide them with capital. Uh, a little bit like some of the crowdfunding platforms, uh, how they operate today, but using our convertible income share agreement so that it's less risky for the investor because the fact of the matter is a lot of early stage investments, you know, a lot of times they go to zero. But with our investment, it maybe the equity goes to zero, but that income share agreement won't go to zero. That stays in place. And so we think that's a, a great way to draw in more investors and provide more capital to entrepreneurs on a, on a global basis. And, you know, a lot of uh, startups, they say they know they need capital, but, you know, there's a lot of rumors or, I mean, sometimes it's true where people get their whole companies taken from them and people will say, hey, um, how much, you know, are you going to take from me percentage wise once this is all done? Um, is there a set number that you have for that? Yeah, so we're coming in and it depends on the stage of the company. Uh, I'd say we target about a million dollar valuation coming in, but our average on our current portfolio is closer to $2 million. So let me give an example. You know, we come in with a $50,000 check. We're looking for 5% ownership in the company to begin with. Now there's two founder-friendly features of our investment um, that can reduce that ownership. So every ISA payment that is made reduces the equity ownership percentage owed to Chisos and reduces the dilution to the founder. So if we come in $50,000 check and uh, get 5% initial equity, once the ISA is paid off, the founder will claw back uh, two thirds of that equity. So what is that? 1.67% equity ownership to Chisos and the rest really goes back to the founder. So there's not a huge amount of dilution uh, uh, at the end of the day. And in addition to that, we're a fairly passive investor when it comes to any type of business control. So our philosophy is really, hey, we want to support you the best we can, but you're building your business. You're, you'll make the decisions. Uh, we don't take a board seat or anything like that. So we're here to support, but you're really making all the decisions uh, and, and that doesn't change if you take an investment from Jesus. Okay. So Will's not a, a greedy guy. So I guess I am right. He's going for sainthood. Um, and, you know, he, 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 that's, that's, that's beautiful. And, you know, this is not a Mr. Wonderful type deal that many see on Shark Tank because people get nervous and they're like, you know, even in the beginnings of Shark Tank, you know, they were taking percentage of, you know, companies just to present your idea, making many entrepreneurs say, no, because if I don't get a deal, I, you know, I was, what's the point just for the marketing? And they've changed that since then, in all fairness. Um, what I actually didn't you, know that. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, what is the, you know, the best is yet to come and you're doing all of this great stuff, but what is your community give back that you are doing right now? If this wasn't enough, right. Or that you plan on doing in the future, um, you know, when things even, you know, go 10 times the size and, you know, you're saying, Hey, we just created the next Amazon, Google or, or whatnot. And we funded them. What is that community give back? 
Yeah, today it's it's doing some office hours. You know, we're we're a pretty small team, so you know, I do office hours with a diff- couple different accelerators. We're going to start holding office hours, you know, for our portfolio and for anyone interested in in what Chisos is doing. And hopefully, <clears throat> as the world starts opening up, we'll start having uh, some in person events. So saying, hey, you know, let's get some founders together, have them, you know, discuss what hurdles they're facing. Maybe they can help each other. Maybe they can make connections. We can start holding, you know, investor speed dating events. So we've had feedback uh, that's from early stage founders that say, hey, you know, it's hard for me to get in front of investors. Can you start holding events where you're bringing in investors and uh, bringing in founders and then making those connections, even if it's just a, you know, minute pitch or a minute intro uh, that opens up the door for further conversations along the lines or at a later time. So we're thinking about those different types of events, thinking about how we can grow our community and get more people involved that isn't, that aren't just our portfolio founders. Um, you know, that's all kind of part of growing the Chisos brand, uh, you know, finding new great opportunities that we can invest in. Uh, and then also just kind of strengthening the early stage founder ecosystem, which is all kind of, uh, a benefit for both founders and Chisos. So a couple different things we're, we're thinking about there. No, awesome. Why was it so important for you to go after, I mean, this is, uh, I'm going into the, the scriptures, going, you know, at the least of these, those who, you know, um, we'll say for the black community, um, you know, it's 1% or less actually, you know, get funding says the, the staff that were sent over. Um, why was that so important for you to reach out? For us, it's really an opportunity because we see a ton of talent. Um, you know, we have a, a partnership with a group uh, that we actually invest in called NoCap out of Atlanta. <clears throat> and so they've been sending us uh, a lot of investors, or sorry, a lot of founders out of the Atlanta uh, startup ecosystem. And there's a, a ton of talent and they're not getting investment dollars but they have great ideas. They actually have some traction and will likely build a subset of them will likely build very successful companies. So for us, it was kind of a no brainer of like, look, let's go find these overlooked or, or underfunded uh, entrepreneurs and provide them with capital uh, if it makes sense for their situation, because we think we can get them to from kind of zero to one, help them get their product into the market and then kind of plug them into some of the upstream investor networks and have them see some really, really good success because they're super talented founders. So, you know, yeah, it's just a a massive opportunity that I think is, is there's a lot of investors that are starting to see that. And so I think the momentum is moving in the right direction, Uh, but there's still a ton of work, work to do. Their name is no cap, no cap. No cap. Yeah. Like uh, knowledge capital. Okay, because you know the the, the 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 slang, no cap, no joke, no lie. So I'm like, no cap, the name's no cap. So I, I I got you, but okay, they took it from knowledge capital. I love it. I I, I love that. I love it, and um, you know that joke can go well over in Atlanta too. I don't care how corny it is, it, it it's all good. Well, with the everything that you're doing, do you have plans? Maybe it's too early 
to have a book out because everything you had just said with you know maybe having you know people doing pitches that's youtube material all day and then it's kind of like what we see with master p online with you know the youtube so i guess my question is do you guys have a youtube already and you have plan on doing a book so we we don't uh i mean we have kind of youtube materials where we'll put put webinars and, and stuff out but you know that that's definitely part of our roadmap of how can we better support the founders is using our channels our media channels our social channels our press channels to promote the the founders and their companies because if they're just starting they may not have a, a big audience and as we grow our audience or grow our uh, database of people that are interested in in everything that we're doing we can help promote or amplify those messages of those founders uh, whether that's through YouTube whether that's through uh, you know just traditional socials you know whatever makes the most sense at the time but yeah that that's kind of a plan in terms of you know you said a book yeah we haven't thought about that but I imagine you know if if that makes sense and that provides a lot of value to uh, both our founders and to Chisos, absolutely something that, that we would look at. Okay. And I say that because, you know, there's so much knowledge when people are getting in this and you end up repeating yourself. So I always tell clients, put it on YouTube, you know, because I do it myself for things that can't really be, you know, even if it's not for the masses and it's unlisted, I don't want to say this again for a brand deal. I deal with influencers all the time. And I'm like, yo, just throw it on a video, let them read it. If they got questions from there, now you're educated. Boom. So no book yeah. plans yet. But what about influencers and influencer marketing, especially because you know, I'm targeting the, you know, the least of these. A lot of folks are on YouTube, you know, trying to do a business, trying to learn. So Will you guys do a big push with maybe influencers to say, hey, we're here. So your audience who are entrepreneurs, let them come here and possibly even doing a joint deal. Yes, folks, I am negotiating a deal for my clients right now <laughs> in a live interview. I'm just telling you, you know, <laughs> I, I, I don't want anyone to think, is he making a deal right now? Yes, it's a pathway. There's no time like the present. So <laughs> is, is oh, that absolutely. something? Yeah. <laughs> That, that, that's how it's done. Uh, yeah, we're, we're experimenting with all avenues right now. So, you know, it's not my expertise by any means. I don't have a marketing background. We have an amazing uh, kind of chief marketing officer who's handling our, our broader strategy. And, uh, you know, she's built out a strategy really around both organic social and uh, kind of educational content as well as a little bit of press and PR. But as we think about really marketing to two audiences, one is investors. You know, we're doing a reg CF raise right now on WeFunder. And so we can market to anybody just because we're using that reg CF. The fund that we're raising, we're raising under exemption 506C, meaning we can do general solicitation. So there's a marketing component to all of that on the investor side. So we're trying a bunch of stuff there. Uh, as well as doing a lot of marketing to the entrepreneurs. So we've got to find these great opportunities. And so that means meeting the entrepreneurs where they spend time, whether that's social on Twitter, whether that's YouTube, TikTok, 
blogs, whatever it is, we're uh, really just experimenting a lot and seeing what provides us with good metrics in terms of conversions or, or clicks or, you know, uh, applications in, in the case of entrepreneurs. Well, you guys have got the game. Um, of course, as always, I, I want to take two minutes to talk to Will offline about some ideas that are just floating in my head from this interview. But I want you to go check out the links in the description box and make sure if you don't do anything else that you make sure check out the website and share it with somebody. I mean, this is free 99 just to share so somebody can be inspired and say, wow, this solves my problem of the day, the year, possibly, you know, of the decade. And now you have at least an outlet because there's nothing like hope and you're at least giving people hope. And if we don't have companies like yours, Will, we're going to find this country to just turn into something like it's only for those that have and have nots, which many would say it's like that now, depending on where you are in that, you know, that ladder. So I think we have to try to take care of the least of these. And, you know, um, the rich are always and the wealthy are always going to eat. I mean, you know, they're already fat. So um, I, I get it. But I thank you for coming on. Do you want to leave the audience with anything? Yeah, I just say, uh, you know, echo what you said. Check out our website, chisos.io. Uh, also, like I said, <laughs> we're raising on WeFunder, wefunder.com backslash chisos. And shoot us an email. I mean, you know, we've got a intercom chat on our website if you want to ask questions. We've put out webinars on YouTube. We have some explainer videos. We have some blogs. We've tried to put out a ton of content to explain what it is we do it uh, and how we do it so that people can determine if it's right for them, right for their situation. And if it is, we'd love for you to apply and, and uh, let's have a chat, see if we're the right capital partner for you. Are you tired of the rat race in America? Are you ready to visit the motherland to relax and rejuvenate? Are you ready to explore all that Africa has to offer? Then check out the brand new Diversified Game Academy course, Prepare for My First Trip to Africa. Are you worried about being able to afford the trip? We got you. We will show you how to travel either on a budget or as a baller. Learn how to stress the value of the USD. Did you know that 100 United States dollars is worth over 1,000 South African rand or 10,000 Kenyan shillings or 54,250 West African CFA? Are you worried about taking your kids? Get the game from Kellen Cash, a bona fide world traveler, having traveled to almost 20 countries, several of those in Africa. Get the game on taking your kids on their first trips. Learn how to find the best tickets, get the visas, and plan your own adventures in Africa. Don't let Eddie Murphy have all the fun. Plan your own coming to Africa trip starring you, produced by you, and featuring you. If you are ready for a life-changing experience, sign up for our course today, Diversified Game Academy. Get prepared and purchase at diversifiedgame.com. Thanks for getting in the game and listening to the Diversified Game Podcast with Kellen, the number one show pairing entrepreneurship with diverse and inclusive perspectives like wine and cheese, bagel and locks, fish and grits. Be sure to visit DiversifiedGame.com for all the good stuff. Join in the conversation and discover more content.